I want you to go to Joshua chapter 24. We have been pulling our series on family out of this passage of scripture. And every year we take a couple weeks and we talk about family, how to raise a godly family, how to practically live in the world that we live, how, how to strengthen our marriages, our relationships. And we've been in this called Family Goals. And I want to go to Joshua chapter 24 again. Verse 15 says, but if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods of your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. But as for me and my household, you have this memorized yet? We will serve the Lord. We will serve the Lord. The, the, the goal of family, no matter what area or, or, or situation you find yourself in right now, the goal of family is to be a godly family. That family goals is that my family would be godly. Now, you might be a young adult, and you might not be married yet, or you have been married. Whatever situation you find yourself in, the goal is that we would be a godly family. And the first step in a godly family is becoming a godly person. This is why Joshua says, as for me, him first, and my household. So if you don't have a household yet, you just focus on you. So as for me, I'm going to serve the Lord. The goal of family is to be one that serves the Lord. A goal is reached by a series of decisions. And if you don't have the right goal, you'll make the wrong decisions. So if our goal is godly family, then it will help us align the decisions that we make in order to reach that goal. I, I was reading some, some articles on parenting this week, and I, I read this. It was funny. It says, parenting is mostly just informing kids how many more minutes they have of something. Anybody have young kids? Hell hath no fury like a toddler whose sandwich has been cut into squares when they wanted triangles. It's like, why is that true? It tastes the same. Like, this just happened to me. It, says, it, said, there, it said, I'd love to be a Pinterest mom, but it turns out I'm more of an Amazon Prime mom. I related with that, like, way, way too much. The best thing about trying to name a baby is realizing how many people you hate. You know, that's true. It's like, oh, no, not him, no, not her. Oh, I remember her from high school. Uh-uh. It's too, too true. A godly family happens by decision, not by default. So many people, they just think that a family, a happy family is just going to happen. A godly family is just going to happen. We got young adults that are dating people and they just think like, I, it might work out. I might date a good guy. I might date a good girl. Can, can I just help you? You might need a little more strategy. You might need to think about it a little bit more and make a good decision instead of just happening into a relationship. As we've been teaching on family, I've realized this, that you can have all the right principles, you can have all of the right goals, you can do all of the right things, but life can still hit you in a way that you need the help of God. So I want to talk about this today. I want to talk about the supernatural family. The supernatural family. Because I know families that have done everything right, but life hits them in such a way 
that they just don't know what to do or catastrophe or crisis or chaos comes at them and they man, what do we do with this? We tried to serve God. We tried to have the right goals and now we're in this situation. And I've realized that, that we need to know how to access supernatural power. We need, we need some supernatural dads. We need some supernatural moms. We need some supernatural kids. I felt that. I felt like we had a good amen on that one. Some supernatural kids. Acts chapter 1, verse 4, says this. On one occasion, while he, talking about Jesus, was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised. Can I, can I just tell you this? If God ever says, I got a gift for you, it's probably a good thing. If you ever told me, like, hey, just wait outside, I'm going to be right out with a gift, I'd be waiting. In fact, I would wait for anybody, really. If they said, I got a gift for you, I'm like, I'll, I'll wait around, see what, see what you got. If God says it, it carries a little more weight. He says, I want you to wait for the gift my father promised, which you've heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And then they gathered around him and asked, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, it is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority. And we know this scripture. But you will receive power. Stop there for a second. Anybody need power? Anybody need super on your natural? Anybody need help? Before you read the rest of scripture, just, just stop right there. You will receive. There's a way that you can have power. He says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. This is God's promise to send help to us. He promised in Joel chapter 2 that there would help be help that would come. Now, Acts chapter 1, he says, I want you to wait for the help that will come. Acts chapter 1 verse 8, it says you will receive that help, that power, when the Holy Spirit comes on you. Acts chapter 2, the Holy Spirit comes, just like has been promised, and the early church receives power. They receive power. I want you, I want you to just think about this as we get started. The Holy Spirit is synonymous with help. Before you think about weird, before you think about crazy or scary or tongues or wild people or Pentecostals or the church you grew up in, I want you to think about this. Holy Spirit equals help. You ever needed help? I remember growing up, uh, we, my dad pastored a church in a small city in Washington State, Centralia, Washington, and uh, we, were, we pastored there, and we were the senior pastors, the associate pastors, the children's pastors, and the janitors, <laughs> and everything else. That's a true story, all of it. And uh, so as a family, we would clean the church, so after Sunday, and everybody would leave, we would go, and we would vacuum, and clean toilets, and, and do all of this, and, and it, we had a huge balcony, it was old theater, and they had the theater seats that like would you know, fold down when you sit on them, but they're old, and, and, and they were wooden, and they were dangerous, and sometimes we would try to like run down the rows, you know, and see what we could do, and I was going over the rows one day, and my foot slipped in between the crack of the closed seat, or a closed chair, and I'm there, and I'm thinking, I wish I was like the person that was like super strategic and patient and just like, oh, wow, that's an unfortunate situation. I can probably pull my foot out the same way it went in. But I'm not that guy. I'm kind of like the, the freak out, like, no, 
you know, and, and, and I got more stuck and more hurt as I'm struggling and trying to break the chair or break my ankle or break the skin on my ankle. I'm stuck. And uh, I know we're in the big church, but I know my family is somewhere around cleaning. So after I could not get out myself, I had to humble myself and say those words, help. <laughs> Dad, I know you're out there. Help. I'm in the balcony. I'm in the, and I've been struggling. I'm exhausted. I'm bleeding. And uh, my foot is stuck. And sure enough, you know, my dad comes in, helps me get my leg out. And I was praying this week, and I felt like this revelation click in my mind that so many of us are struggling with life's situations, doing everything we can to work it out and get out ourselves, and never even thinking that we might be able to just ask for help. The help that we need comes through the vehicle of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. Today is the day of Pentecost. Pentecost means 50. It represents 50. 50 days from Passover all the way to Pentecost. Or if you know the feast, it's the festival of weeks. It represented the birthing of the early church. In other words, real simple, you could say the day of Pentecost is the church's birthday. It's happy birthday to the church. The Holy Spirit showed up and birthed the early church. That's what we're celebrating today. That's what Acts chapter 1 says is that there has been a Holy Spirit that has been promised to bring you help and to bring you power, and he has now come. So let me, let me just, let's just talk about this. What has been promised? John chapter 14, verse 16. It says, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate. Now, I, I need you to I need you to just kind of like humor me by doing this. Everything you know about the Holy Spirit, just like shift to the side for a second. Let's just read the Bible. Okay, so the, all your experiences, whether good or bad, why don't you just, just move them to the side and just read what the scripture says. Jesus says, I'm going to ask the Father and he's going to give you another advocate. So just stop right there. That sounds like good news. The Jesus is going to ask God to send us an advocate. You know what an advocate is? Someone who claims or stands by you, has your back. You ever been in a fight with a family member and you just like you're trying to convince someone to be on your side? Just me? Cool. Um, the Holy Spirit is the advocate. He's the one that's on your side. I know what you're thinking. Are they going to be on their side too? Yes, he is. He's, he's on their side. The advocate to help you and be with you forever. So this is the job of the Holy Spirit, to be your advocate, to help you, and to be with you forever. Man, that sounds really good. The Spirit of truth, the world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he lives with you and will be in you. It is significant that this coming, filling, and empowering of the Holy Spirit is called the promise of the Father. This has been promised, that we would have an advocate, that we would have a helper. God did not leave us without help. He sent the Holy Spirit to be our helper, to walk beside us, and to empower us to be what we were called to be. I've been saying this for years about the Holy Spirit, and I believe this with all my heart. The Holy Spirit isn't weird. People are. Which means this. If you were weird before the Holy Spirit, I'll say it a different way. If, if you were normal before the Holy Spirit, 
you'll be normal after the Holy Spirit. A lot of weird people have used the Holy Spirit as an excuse to do weird things. But the Holy Spirit is not weird, and the Holy Spirit is not forcing himself on anybody. The Holy Spirit waits to be invited. Waits for someone to say, help Help me. And the Holy Spirit's gotten a bad rap because we think that the Holy Spirit is running around the auditorium with a flag, and that's not the Holy Spirit. You can do that. That's fine, but just don't blame it on him. That's your own choice. You, 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 can, you can blame whatever you want on him, but the Holy Spirit only works in places that he's given. And when we yield to the Holy Spirit, he works, but he does not overpower us. The Holy Spirit, let me just give you a couple things the Holy Spirit does. The Holy Spirit, we read this already, is given by God. So the Holy Spirit is given by God. But, man, that's, that's good. God wants to give you something. I want it. I want whatever God has. The Holy Spirit is given by God. The Holy Spirit is given to help us. Okay? God's giving us the Holy Spirit, and he's giving us help. He's giving it. The Holy Spirit's job is to help you in the board meeting, in the conference room, in the classroom, in your home, in your personal life, in your personal struggles. You have a helper. The Holy Spirit is given to teach us. The Bible teaches us the Holy Spirit will remind us of everything that Jesus taught. It will remind us of his words. So if you need wisdom, you need help. You need the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is given to convict us. All of them were good until this one. That kind of, kind of a downer. Kind of convict us. You know, there's a difference between condemnation and conviction. Condemnation says you did something bad and you are bad. Conviction says you did something bad. The Holy Spirit is what reveals to you things that you need to make right Things that you need to do better in or choose differently so that you can walk in freedom. God's barriers, guard, his boundaries are always for your freedom. God's not trying to keep you from having fun. God's trying to keep you free. So he puts boundaries around our life, around our desires, all of these things to make sure that we walk in freedom. Condemnation says you were crazy this weekend and you're a bad person. Conviction says, I need to make different choices, but God still loves me. So you could be in here and you could be an atheist. You could, you, could, you could be far from God. You could be agnostic. You could be in complete sin, and God still loves you. And you might feel conviction sometimes when we preach what the Bible says, but it's not condemnation. You're not bad. The Holy Spirit just says, I want to bring you into new levels of freedom. That's awesome. Conviction. Legalism says you're bad. Religion says you're bad, but relationship with Jesus means that Jesus died on a cross and spilled his blood to forgive me of my sins, and now he sent the Holy Spirit to convict me of sin so that I can walk in freedom. The Holy Spirit is given to convict us. The Holy Spirit is given to be with us. You know, I talk to people all the time about the Holy Spirit, and sometimes people say, well, you know, I'm, I'm really close with God. I just don't like, like the Holy Spirit. I'm like, okay, so where do we start here? Your favorite scripture that you've posted on the fridge that says, I will never leave you or forsake you, the person that's not leaving you is the one you don't like. The Holy, 
any answer to prayer that you've ever had in your entire life has been accomplished through the Holy Spirit. Anytime you've ever felt the presence of God or heard the voice of God, it was accomplished through the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has like a, a PR problem because the Holy Spirit is like branded, the, the world's branded the Holy Spirit as weird and out of control. And the Bible brands it completely different. It says advocate, help, teacher, comforter, I'll be with you. The Holy Spirit is given to convict us, given to be with us. The Holy Spirit is given to comfort us. I can't tell you how many times I've went through difficult life situations that I think honestly on my own would have left me bitter or walking in unforgiveness, but by the power of the Holy Spirit, He has comforted me and helped me forgive, helped me love again, helped me trust again. That's the, that's the Holy Spirit. He is our comforter. The Holy Spirit is given to counsel us. If you need wisdom, if you need insight, God says, I got something for you. I got some help for you. It's the Holy Spirit. And this is my favorite. The Holy Spirit is assigned to us. Just think about this. The God of the universe, the God that created this earth that we live on, said, you know what? I'm going to send help to those people because I love them. I'm going to send them some help. I'm going to send them a helper, a comforter, a teacher, a counselor. I asked them to do some crazy stuff. They can't do it on their own. I'm sending help to them. You have a helper that's been assigned straight to you. Acts chapter 2 verse 38 says, Peter replied, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now listen to this. The promise is for you and your children and all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. What's the promise? The Holy Spirit. This promise, the Holy Spirit, is for you and your children and all those who are far off, and just in case you're still doubting, and all whom the Lord our God will call. That's everybody. That's everybody. Can we say this? The Holy Spirit, the promise of the Holy Spirit is sent to you and your family. This is for us. This is practical. This is, this is both spiritual and practical working in our lives to help us. God promised a helper for you and for your family. God promised a helper for you and for your family. So let, 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 let's just go here. A supernatural family does a couple things. A supernatural family believes in supernatural help. If, if you, if you want to be a supernatural family, you have to believe that there's supernatural help available, which means when I come to the end of myself, I believe that God can do something about it. When I, when I, when I face an impasse in a relationship, I believe that God has a way where I cannot see a way. When I face an impossible situation, I believe that God can make a possibility what man sees as an impossible. Does this make sense? It, you, you have to believe it before you can access it. You, you, you've gotta, you have to believe it before you can access it. I, I don't know if anyone else ever went through this, but I remember when I got my first debit card back in the day. Got my first debit card, and um, you know, when I would when I would use it, sometimes I knew if there was there was money there, and sometimes, you know, you just kind of like, I think it'll work. 
I don't know for sure, but like, I think I got like $9 left. And the burger's like $7.32. Like, I think it's, I think it's going to work. And, and, and you, didn't, you didn't know, but if you swiped, you kind of had to have some belief that it was there. You know, if you never believe that God has help for you, you'll never swipe. You will never take the step of faith that's needed to access God's supernatural help if you don't believe that it's actually there. In Acts chapter 19, I love this. Acts chapter 19, uh, the Spirit of God's breaking out. Acts chapter 2, day of Pentecost, Holy Spirit breaks out. The Bible says thousands are being added to the church daily. It's revival, spiritual reformation, awakening, wild prophecies coming true. Acts chapter 19, the disciples are preaching the gospel, and they start preaching, and they say, they say this, Acts chapter 19, they say, have you been baptized with the Holy Spirit? And they say, well, we haven't even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. This is wild. This is where most people are in their own journey with God is that they don't know that there's help that's available. So they begin to preach about the Holy Spirit. They got baptized with the Holy Spirit. But for many people, they just don't know. So you have to believe that supernatural help is available. No matter what situation you find your family in, God has provided help for you. So a supernatural family believes in supernatural help, but a supernatural family also, and this is, this is hard for some of us, asks for supernatural intervention. If you're going to be a supernatural family, you can't just believe God works supernaturally. You have to also help. I have to ask. The ask is what mobilizes God to begin to act. God doesn't look at your life and be like, wow, your marriage, here I come. Doesn't do that. Doesn't do that. He doesn't look at your kid and be like, I'm going to help you out. You chose her, I'm, I'm coming, I'm coming, I'm coming around. He does it. He waits to be asked. And when we ask of God, God comes. So I have to believe in supernatural help, but I also have to ask for supernatural intervention. Think about this. There's no situation outside of the power and the ability of God. There's no person that's too far gone. There's no heart that's too cold. There's no heart that's too broken that God can't do something in. But we're going to have to ask him. And for many of us, the leg of our relationships or family is stuck in struggle and we struggle and struggle and struggle until finally we're exhausted and hurt and broken and then we say, hey God, is there any way you could help us? You know, I could have easily just yelled for help right away. Would have saved my ankle, would have saved the chair, would have saved some time, my voice, my dad would just came and said, yeah, that's pretty silly, here you go, you're, there you go, off you go. I'd be all right, but I, I had to go through the struggle to get to the place of humility to be able to ask for help. You know when, when marriages usually come to us for counseling, sometimes, well, most oftentimes, they've already made a, their mind up on what they're going to do. You know when you need to ask for help? is why you got, still got the strength to fight. Don't wait until you're already broken down and made up a decision to begin to say, can I have some help? When you begin to see, and I would just, this is just all the young couples out there that just have like, you're still in honeymoon season. Can you get a coach 
or a mentor or a pastor or a third party that will keep on speaking into your life because you're going to need it at some point. And if you would start now, it would help you both grow. And if you get in the habit of just saying, help, 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 it'll keep you out of a lot of struggles that at some point you won't have the strength maybe to ask for the help in. I ask for supernatural intervention. Uh, my, my family, we have five kids in our family, and, and um, we're all in ministry, serving the Lord, and, and my mom and dad were incredible parents, and, but when we were growing up, my, my sister, she's, she's at another campus today, so um, I can tell you the truth about her. <laughs> if, if we had a question about who was going to like be a prodigal, it was this girl. And it was not the one you think about. It's actually it's my sister Casey, I'm just going to say, she, she could make you cry so fast. She could be so sharp and so mean and so sarcastic. You just, I mean, it, it, was, it was bad. And, and my parents would just shake their heads like, what are we going to do with this one, you know? And to all of us, we're trying to do right, you know, serve the Lord. And she's just, she's a wild one. And we're sitting around the dinner table one day, and my dad, he just didn't know what to do. And he finally just leans back. He says, oh, Lord. Please give my daughter a sweet spirit. And that began, it became a dinner ritual. And this man prayed that prayer, I don't know how many times, Lord, please give my daughter a sweet, I don't know if it's like public shaming or, but he was crying out. He, he was inviting God right into the midst of the struggle. Now, if you know my sister today, she's like one of the, I was literally in a meeting this week, and we were, in, it was a little intense in the meeting, and she's so kind and so nice, and I'm like, God really does do miracles. <laughs> this is, I wanted to call my dad and be like, it worked, she has a sweet spirit now. You know what he did? He invited, as silly as it is, he invited God into the struggle. Most people want to serve God on the mountaintops and on the high moments, but I'm going to tell you, you've got to take God home with you. You've got to take him to the parking lot, and you've got to take him to the workplace, and in the midst of the struggle, you've got to invite him there. He's your helper. He's your comforter. He's your source. He's your strength, and he's assigned to you, and we have to ask him for his supernatural intervention. The last one is this. Now, I'm going to say it, and everyone's going to be like, yeah, but wait till I'm done, okay, because it has a, has a catch to it. You know how preachers do that to you? They kind of like trick you sometimes. I'm, I'm just telling you in advance. I could trick you. I'm not going to. Because the last one is walks in supernatural strength. Don't. See? Could have tricked you. Because this is how. Supernatural strength looks different than natural strength. Natural strength is I feel strong, and so I step. Supernatural strength is the opposite. I feel weak, and I feel broken, and I feel like giving up. I don't want to do this, and I don't want to trust, and I don't want to forgive, and I don't want to work at this, and I step. The Bible says that God's strength is made perfect in our weakness. So that's why that's why I was trying not to trick you because we say, oh, that's supernatural strength. I would love to feel supernatural strength, but every time I've accessed supernatural strength has been because I've been weak, not because I've been strong. 
I want to help somebody and let you know that it's normal to not want to make good decisions. It's normal to feel like giving up sometimes. It's normal to not want to do the work. And for all the young couples out there, it's even sometimes normal to not feel the same way you did on your wedding day. Because then it's choices that begin to lead our life. You can have an incredible marriage for decades and decades and decades. But if you think you're just always going to live in bliss and always feel great about it, you're going to jump from partner to partner looking for another honeymoon season. But if you realize that this person that I love, I have to choose over and over again. And I have to make wise decisions and put in the work. And then I've got really, really, really good news. If you take that step, there's help that follows the step. Strength doesn't come before the step. It comes in the step. And if you would step into forgiveness or step into relationship or step into your marriage, there's a grace from God that will come on you. We call it the anointing. We call it God's super on our natural. We call it the Holy Spirit, the helper that comes alongside us and says, if you step out in weakness, I'll fill you with strength. Who fills you with strength? It's the Holy Spirit fills us with his strength. There is a connection between your expectation and your outcome. I just want a good marriage. What are you expecting? You gotta expect God to come. I want my mom to. You gotta expect divine intervention. Help is on the way. Help is on the way. If you've ever heard me teach on the Holy Spirit, you probably heard me use this because I, I love this. I heard this years ago. When I was studying the, the Holy Spirit, one of the words in the Greek for Holy Spirit is parakletos, which means like paraclete, or the, the definition technically is one who comes alongside, one who comes alongside. And in the Greek, in the, in the Greek language, there's oftentimes pictures that help detic, dictate language, help describe language. So the picture of a parakletos or the paraclete is not someone pushing you from behind or pulling you from ahead. It's someone who comes alongside you and links arm in arm. Arm in arm. This is the picture of the Holy Spirit. Not weird, not creepy, not wild. Strong, resolute, walking, good times, bad times, ups, downs, mountains, valleys, storm, peace, chaos, arm in arm. I've got help. I've got a helper. That's the Holy Spirit. We've reduced the Holy Spirit to tongues or to gifts. Friends, the Holy Spirit's chief aim is to be your helper. All those things are included. But his aim, his goal, his purpose is to come alongside and reveal Jesus in your life and to who you are. He's your advocate. He's your helper. I used to think, man, it must be, it must be so hard to like get that kind of help from God. Years ago, I read Luke chapter 11, verse 11. It says, which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? I think like Jesus used this like massive extreme example to show us how silly we are to say like, I don't know if I want the Holy Spirit because I don't know if that's like demonic or I don't know if that's like, I think Jesus like knew this was going to come. So he said, let me just put it into their world. Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? 
interesting. <laughs> Two examples here. If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? So this week at work, all you got to do is ask. When you feel the due dates coming down, the bills piling up, the text messages rolling in, just ask him. Will you help me? Holy Spirit, I'm going to invite him into the struggle. I'm not going to invite him into my facade or my mask. I'm going to invite him into the weak place. I'm going to invite him into the, to the nasty place, to the failing place. I'm going to ask him into the mistakes of my life. I'm going to ask him in that place, Lord, would you come in this place? Holy Spirit, will you help me? I got a challenge for you. I don't know if you can say this anymore or this is old school, but like I want to dare you to do something. You remember when like dares were like a big thing? I want to dare you to do something. I want to dare you to invite God. Let me say it again. I want to dare you to invite the Holy Spirit into your struggle. The next time things get like a little hot at home, emotionally like, ooh, things are running a little hot, I want, I want, I want to dare you to take three minutes and to step away and just say, I just need three minutes, I'll be right back, and ask the Holy Spirit to help you. Honestly, without the Holy Spirit, three minutes away might help you, but with the Holy Spirit, this is going to be supernatural. We just invite him in. Holy Spirit, will you help me? Will you help me? I'm about to go into this situation. I don't know how it's going to turn out. They won't listen. This has happened. That has happened. They've done this a thousand times. Will you help me? And just see what happens. I don't know if that will work. Don't knock it till you try it. Just try it. Just try it. I want to hear the testimonies. This week of people that just took three minutes just to say, Holy Spirit. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to say. I feel weak. I feel like walking out. I feel like giving up. Will you help me? I keep thinking about that chair. The more I struggled, the tighter it got. Then when I asked for help, my dad showed up and out I came. I wonder if some of our bondage is connected to our struggle to do it on our own. I wonder what would happen if we just said, Holy Spirit, will you help me? God knew that we would have problems. So don't think that the Holy Spirit helping you means no problems. God so loved the world that he gave Jesus to save us. And God so loved the church that he gave the Holy Spirit to help us. Because Jesus said, in this world you will have trouble, but take heart because I've overcome the world. And then he said in John 14 and John 16, I'm leaving, but I'm sending you help. You got to go through the same things everybody else is going through, but you're going to have help when you go through it. So I've got a declaration, and I've got an announcement to declare over your life. Help is on the way. Would you stand up with me all across this place? I was writing last night. I was just typing on my notes. I want to just read you what I wrote. Supernatural families have the humility to ask for help. They have the trust to believe that this help is available and the faith to walk in it before they feel it. The supernatural family believes in the destination over their current situation. 
They continue to love, forgive, accept, and pray for their family, even in the midst of unrelenting storms. The supernatural family trusts in a supernatural God to bring change to seemingly unchangeable circumstances. The supernatural family will see hard hearts soften, prodigals come home, and impossible situations made possible. This may seem impossible to some, but we don't serve just a natural God. We serve a supernatural God who pours out his spirit on ordinary people to make impossible situations possible. Help is on the way.